Welcome to the SYA podcast, giving you teachings from the young adult ministry of Shepherd Church, where it is our mission to lift up Christ that the world might believe. We meet every Thursday at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. For more info, go to wearesya.com. Hey, SYA. Today we're talking about the church as the bride. Jesus calls the church many things in scripture, and with each new name he gives the church, a new metaphor is given that helps us understand his desired relationship with us in a different way. Why do we need these metaphors? Because like Paul eloquently put it, God is making known to us the glorious riches of his mysteries. There is much of God for us to still understand in our minds and grasp in our hearts. And biblical metaphors like these, they help us understand the glorious mysteries of God more clearly. So last week, we spoke of the church as the body. This week, we're speaking about the church as the bride, and not just any bride, the bride of Christ. I want to challenge you. If this makes you slightly uncomfortable, then you're in the right space. Because last time I checked, God wasn't concerned with my comfort. He was concerned with my heart change. We rarely grow when we're comfortable. So, sit in that space. And let's see what God has for us today as his bride. Now this metaphor is used a lot in scripture by many people. Starting with John the Baptist, he used this metaphor when he testified about Jesus, knowing that Jesus needed to become greater as he became less. And Paul used it when talking about earthly marriage, which was always meant to reflect and point to the relationship between Christ and the church. The church was meant to be so intimate with Christ that nothing remained between them. They became one. And then John the Apostle spoke of it all throughout Revelation, describing the glorious return of the groom for his spotless bride. Every single one of these references speak to one thing. Proximity. Intimacy. It speaks to God's desired intimacy with his church. This is what God desires. Surprisingly enough, the God of the universe doesn't want to keep you at a distance even though he's painfully aware of your sinful condition he still wants you as close as a groom and his bride he still wants to know you intimately and be one the reality is we are fickle for centuries as a church, we have not remained faithful to the faithful one. 
The most striking picture of this has to be Hosea. Now, when I first chose this metaphor, I had no idea that it would lead me to Hosea. God took me through this book back in 2017. And my study wrecked me, as Dusty says, in the most beautiful way. So let's buckle up as we look at this powerful picture laid out for us in Hosea. So for those of you who have never read Hosea, I encourage you to do that tonight. It's very short. You can do it. We have nothing better to do. (laughs) Read Hosea. So Hosea is a prophet of the Lord, and there are different kinds of prophets in the Bible. A prophet means literally man of God or seer. They stand before God and therefore they stood before men. Prophets in the Bible, they would proclaim the word of the Lord. And sometimes they would predict how he would move for the people. And yet sometimes the word of the prophet was enhanced by signs or symbolic action. For example, once the prophet of Ezekiel was asked to lay on his side for 390 days, representing to the people of God how many years God would hold their iniquities against them. What? Yes. (laughs) It's intense. So here we have Hosea. Hosea is a prophet of the Lord. Now, Hosea's symbolic action that was done to represent God and his people was to marry an unfaithful woman. Hosea was instructed by the Lord to marry a woman named Gomer. Gomer was an unfaithful woman and turns out to be a prostitute. She left Hosea again and again for someone else, and in doing so, gave a painfully accurate depiction of the people of Israel who forsook God to go after other gods. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but let's talk about the people of Israel for a second, okay? Here's what the people of Israel have experienced up to this point. The Israelites were freed from slavery by the mighty arm of God. God performed for them miracles, which led to their deliverance. He split seas before their eyes. He provided for them years in the desert, sending them food from the sky called manna. He led them to the land he promised them, gave it over to them. And after all that, they married adopted the customs of and religion of the people they conquered, the Canaanites. The Canaanites, they worshipped many gods, but the main one, his name was Baal. Now, Baal was the god who gave fertility to the land. The Israelites, they didn't just make sacrifices to this god, okay? The worship of this god was perverse. The men would worship this God by being with prostitutes in the temple. These prostitutes were known as sacred resident 
prostitutes. Israel. Israel was supposed to worship one God, Yahweh. The one God who made them his own. The one God who made a covenant with them. The one God who rescued and protected them all of these years. But Israel had a wandering eye. They always have. Is this sounding familiar yet? Can you see it in your mind's eye? A God that is so good, so just, so loving, so mighty, so righteous, and a people that are so fickle, so wayward, so unfaithful. Does it sound like anyone you know yet? So God calls the prophet Hosea to do something radical. Marry a prostitute. You can see it now, right? God tells Hosea, I need you to do something. I need my people to see me. I need my people to see my heart, to see my love. I need them to understand my heartbreak. Something needs to be done so they can see what they do. So what I need you to do, Hosea, is marry a prostitute. Marry a prostitute. (laughs) In this lived out metaphor... For all of Israel to see, God is a husband. And who is Israel? A prostitute. That's heavy. That is heavy. And I encourage you to read this book for yourself. Because let me tell you, ooh, you will be convicted. I was brought to this book by the Spirit of God three years ago. And I was a little confused, honestly. Like, God, why would you bring me here? The book begins in anguish. Not only is Gomer unfaithful, but she bears three children that are a result of her unfaithfulness. Each with a symbolic name representing Israel. And God asks Hosea to raise them and to take her back. Again and again and again. The book is like a diary, but not Hosea's. No. When you read it, you see the heart of our groom. Our Yahweh covenant-keeping God. It's God's diary. Which is why Hosea and Gomer are such a powerful metaphor. You see the turmoil and anguish he feels watching the people he saved turn away and harm themselves again and again. You see his judgment. You see his wrath. But over and over again in this book, you see his love overtake him. What starts as anger turns to compassion. And guys, God has reasons for his anger. We know that. 
Here are just a few that he brings up in this story. Is it real? They spoke lies against God. They no longer cried out for him. They chose kings and rulers without God's consent. He provided for the manna from heaven. They were satisfied and became proud. They forgot God. They depended on their own strength. They broke their covenant with God. They forgot their maker. Instead of building temples or places of worship, they built fortresses to protect themselves. They made idols and worshipped what they made with their own hands. Help me somebody. Does this sound like anybody that you know? Don't get me wrong. If you read this, you'll see that Israel, they still made sacrifices to Yahweh in the midst of all of this. But even in the Old Testament, we see God was never concerned with the rituals or religion or holy acts. No. In Hosea 6.6, God tells them, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. You know what God desires more than sacrifice? Faithfulness. You know what God desires more than your Bible reading five minutes every morning? Obedience. Actually obeying the scripture that you read? You know what God desires more than your tithe? Your mercy. Your kindness. Your justice. You know what God desires more than you just attending or watching a service? Your heart. Your devotion. And lastly... What sums up God's anger against Israel that could be summed up in these verses, Hosea 4.12 and 5.4, are Their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. They don't acknowledge the Lord. When I first went through this back in 2017, I trusted that the Holy Spirit led me to the place he wanted me to be. That's a word in and of itself. I trusted that the Holy Spirit led me to the place he wanted me to be. So I sat in the uncomfortability and I dared to ask, Lord, Reveal to me the heart of prostitution I've had. I put myself up against scripture and I asked, What have I been holding hands with, partnering with, relying on, counting on, adoring, building, worshiping? What have I been prostituting my faithfulness to? And as I sat, 
waiting for the Spirit of God to speak, I was expecting something like money to come to mind, which that may be for you, or maybe material possessions, popularity, affirmation, comfort, the future. Was I idolizing the future? No. What came to mind for me was fear. What? Yes, and I heard it again. Fear. And I was grieved. It was made abundantly clear to me in that moment that I had been holding hands with and partnering with fear. When I was betrothed to God, I was making my decisions based on fear and not on my God. I was idolizing and putting fear in charge of my life, talking with fear, bartering with fear, holding hands with fear. You know, when God reveals an idol to you that had been there for so long (laughs) that you aren't even sure when it got there? Yeah, me too. So there's the judgment. There's the conviction. Here comes the compassion. As I said before, God's heart could not stay hardened for long. Even though he had every reason to be angry, like Gomer, Israel kept leaving the one who loved her and provided for her and protected her. And yet, God says to Israel and God says to us in Hosea 11, When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son or my daughter. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the Baals. They burned incenses to images. It was I who taught them to walk, taking them by the arms. But they didn't realize. It was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. And I bent down to feed them. How can I give you up? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like the ones before? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate you again. For I am God and not a man, the Holy One among you. I will not come against their cities. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. They will come from Egypt trembling like sparrows from Assyria fluttering like doves I will settle them in their homes declares the Lord and later God declares I will heal their waywardness and love them freely God is not like a man he is the holy one he is faithful even when we are not and some of you right now may be asking why Well, 2 Timothy tells us why in chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. God's faithfulness, Christ's faithfulness, is not dependent 
on our own, thank goodness. Because God cannot be contrary to his own nature. God is faithful, period. Now, as I prayed over this sermon, I felt the Lord retell me what he told me when I first read this book. And it's this. My people have held hands with what is actually enslaving them. My people have held hands with what is actually enslaving them. I don't know what it is for you. But right now, let's take a moment and realize your first love, Yahweh, the one who led you, healed you, taught you to walk, bent down to feed you, the one who freed you from slavery and brought you to a new land, is asking you to return to him. But where have you gone? What have you partnered with, worshipped, or glorified more than God? Only you and the Spirit of God know that. Chances are he's telling you right now. This picture is one you can't look away from. Hosea and Gomer. God and Israel. And after all that, and the many times this happens again and again to Hosea, God still commanded Hosea to take his wife back and lavish her with comfort and gifts and restore her honor back to her. This book may be 14 short chapters, but it's believed that Hosea's prophetic ministry lasted over 30 years. 30 years of remaining faithful to someone who you know is unfaithful to you. A lifetime of faithfulness to the unfaithful. If that is not a picture of the love of God, I don't know what is. We are the bride of Christ. That means there should be no other before him. We should run to no one else's arms or rely on anyone else's comfort or false provision. We are betrothed, church. We are taken and accounted for. But do we act like it? Do we make sacrifices or, or participate in rituals and think, that's enough? While our groom is mourning because our hearts are far from him. Let's return together because he will answer us. He will heal us. He will deliver us once again from the chains of our own sinful choices. As the Lord said, the wages of a prostitute are not enough to feed the people. Are you tired of making it on your own? Are you tired of relying on idols that you yourselves have made? Idols of money, relationship, purpose, possession, health, plans, security, you name it for yourself. Whatever it is, I can promise you, it's not enough. 
and it will never be enough. But there is one who is more than enough, and one that can truly satisfy and provide our God, who longs to redeem and present you holy and without blemish, the church, his bride. Let's pray. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you remain faithful to the unfaithful, God. That you abound so much in grace and compassion. Thank you, God. Thank you that you don't give up on us. That you bring us back to you over and over again. That you rescue us from Egypt over and over again, God. Holy Spirit, convict our hearts right now. As a ministry, Lord, in what ways have we turned from you? In what ways are we unfaithful to you, God? What have we held hands with, God? What have we put before you? Reveal to us, Holy Spirit, so that we may be healed, so that we may live in your fullness, Jesus Christ, that you have given us because of your death and your resurrection from the grave. Thank you, God. For your compassion. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your forgiveness that you welcome us back again and again. Would we honor you with our lives? Would we honor you with our devotion? It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the SYA podcast. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at wearesya.